Well, today this is a, a really great feast. Uh, St. Paul is just a, an amazing apostle. Uh, he's kind of the underdog because, you know, you got the 12, but actually at the end of the day, Paul became kind of more famous and more fruitful and more productive than, uh, than the 12, at least the 12 excepting Peter. So the two big apostles in the church are Peter and Paul. And uh, they're kind of like the right hand and the left hand of, of Christ in the uh, planting of the of the of the early church. Um, St. Paul, I'm just going to focus on this one verse here from his, he's in Jerusalem, he's about to get killed, <laughs> and he, he, he kind of puts forward a sort of defense, and he, he explains to the Jews who are very angry at him about his own conversion, okay? So what you have is you've got these really zealous Jews who want to kill him, but he was like them. That's the point of the speech, okay? So he, the whole thing is he's trying to illustrate, it's like, I was in your place, and this is what happened to me, okay? And so he recounts his conversion, and um, Christ appears to him. It's a very powerful experience that he has. The resurrected Christ appears to him and, and, um, and sends him forth as an apostle, commissions him as an apostle. But he says, look, I, I, was, I was zealous for God, just as all of you are today. So that word ze- zealous is a is an important word. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. The uh, the Jews in Paul's day, some of the Jews in Paul's day, um, uh, they held as a as a virtue zeal. Now it is a virtue. Zeal is very important, um, and they would draw upon a lot of Old Testament examples to see how zeal is to be played out. And oftentimes, the zeal that they would see being uh, demonstrated in the Old Testament was a zeal that was directed at trying to defend the purity of God's true religion. Uh, the big story goes back to the book of Numbers, and what happens is this. This is the thing, though, is that uh, violence is also associated with zeal in the Old Testament. Okay, So in the book of Numbers, the Israelites are coming into the Promised Land. they got to pass through the Moabites, the region of the Moabites, and the Moabites are very... Uh, concerned, they think they're going to get run over by the Israelites. So they say, how can we defeat these people? And uh, there's this kind of, this pagan seer who basically says to them, okay, this is the only way you're going to be able to defeat these people, is you got to get them to break their own commandments. Because as long as they obey their the commandments that their God has given to them, they're going to be unstoppable and you won't be able to, to, to take them down. So you got to get them to break their own commandments. So the way to do that is you send some of your women into their camp, okay? And uh, what's going to happen is not just you know illicit sex, but what's going to happen. The bigger deal was that the women are going to persuade the men to start worshiping the, their pagan gods. So it was the corruption of of the pure religion through idolatry, through the Gentiles and idolatry. So at one point, one of the leaders of the Israelite camp, you know, the women have descended upon the Israelite camp, you know, not with weapons, but with makeup and pretty hair and whatnot. And um, one of the leaders of the Israelite camp, he uh, is seen in very public manner going into his tent with one of the Moabite women. And so one of the sons of Aaron named Phinehas uh, now this is where the violence and the zeal come in, he actually goes into the tent with a spear and he's pierces them both through in one, one shot and, and kills them both. And uh, now 
believe it or not, what happens actually is God says, good job. Okay? Now, Old Testament's very violent. We know that. Um, and he says, because of your zeal, um, you're going, I'm going to establish a covenant with your priestly descendants and lineage in perpetuity. And in other parts of the Old Testament, Phineas's act of zeal is known as, uh, is put forth as a great example, uh, something to imitate. And in fact, there's a passage in one of the, in some passage in the Old Testament says, Phineas through his zeal was justified before God, was justified before God. And uh, then in the book of the Maccabees, uh, hundreds and hundreds of years later, about 180 years before the birth of Christ, um, the Syrians are kind of taking over things and they're corrupting the, the true Israelite religion. And the Maccabean brothers, Judas and his brothers, uh, fight as like guerrilla warfare against the, the Syrian army. And uh, they're successful and, and all this kind of stuff. And also in the Maccabees, this word zeal is really highlighted. Came and put forward as, as something desirable. And it's zeal in defense of the purity of the religion against pagan idolatry, Gentile idolatry. That's the whole idea. So St. Paul now, let's get to St. Paul's day. So what does he see? He sees his fellow Jews converting with who? Gentiles. Mm, right? So he's very concerned about the purity of his religion and he's going to do whatever he takes, whatever it takes to make sure the Gentile impurity does not come in and corrupt the religion. So he's even got commission from the high priest. It's like getting your letters from the Pope to do something. You know, it's like a really big deal. He's got letters from the high priest to go to Damascus and start arresting all of these Jewish people who are dabbling with this, whatever, Jesus of Nazareth thing. Okay? Because they're corrupting the pure faith. Now, in, in the book of Romans, Paul says... Brothers, my prayer to God for them, meaning the Jewish people, is that they would be saved. They have a zeal for God, but it's not according to knowledge. It's not according to knowledge. And he's really talking about, that's how he exactly was. He knows their psychology because that's precisely how he acted and behaved and thought before his conversion. He had a zeal for God, but it was not according to knowledge. In the Old Testament, when you get past the violence, when you get past the exterior shell, the spirit of Christ is there and your eyes have to be opened to it to be able to see it. And when Christ has, I'm uh, sorry, when, when Christ appears to St. Paul, the, the leftover, the result of this appearance is what is on, what's on Paul's eyes? What does it say? You guys remember? After he's baptized, it says something like scales fall from his eyes. So you see, he's got like armor armor over his eyes, blinding him to the truth, okay? And we do that with ourselves sometimes, though. We kind of like, we have this ego armor. You know, I'm going to do this thing with my job. I'm going to do this thing with my attitude. I'm going to do this thing with my my sense of humor, even. All of that can sometimes be a, a form of armor, like scale, scale male, you know, that we, we defend ourselves. And what it does, though, is it blinds us to the inner reality of ourselves, the inner reality of, our, of God, the inner reality of the world. And we stay on the surface of things. That's how Paul approached the Old Testament. He knew the Old Testament very well, but he never was able to penetrate into its spirit. Uh, he had this kind of armor. He, 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 he remained only on the externality of the Old Testament. And he missed the fact that 
Jesus is really there. So after his conversion, instead of you know the story of Phineas being justified by his zeal, what is Paul's main text that he loves and that he repeats over and over again is Abraham, who's justified not by zeal but by faith. Okay, and so Paul now through his conversion, through his eyes being opened, he's able to see the inner spirit and the essence of the law, and now he has a zeal for God. But it's according to knowledge. It's according to light. It's according to truth. And it's so important for us in our dealings is to really be able to, first of all, have our minds enlightened, be educated and knowledgeable about our faith. But it's a deeper reality. It's a heart reality. It's a spiritual reality. And uh, we have to be able to grasp the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament in its inner meaning. Because, you know, you can take... The New Testament, you can take the Sermon on the Mount and you can approach it just as externally as Paul did to the Old Testament. You really can. You really can. And in fact, I think this is one of the reasons why people are turned off by Christianity. One of the main reasons is because they hear the gospel preached uh, and, and they say to themselves, oh, that's just, it's all a bunch of rules. Because see, they're just sticking to the external aspect of the gospel they haven't really penetrated into its essence its essence is the grace of god the gift of faith that transforms us from within and the gospel message even the challenging passages and and christ's sermon on the mount which is very very morally challenging is seen as it is in truth it's a key that unlocks our heart and sets us free and liberates us instead of something that's imposed upon us like a chain or a yoke that's going to limit our freedom. So ironically, you know, today people, they stick to the external aspects of religion and that frightens them away because they feel like that the, the, the moral standards of the Catholic faith are too much for them. They're going to, it's going to let, take away their fun. But they're really doing the same thing that St. Paul did in, in relation to the Old Testament. St. Paul just stuck to the surface. He never penetrated to the, it's the spirit of the word of God. And uh, now the responses are different. His was a zeal, a misplaced zeal for religion. These people are uh, indifference towards religion. But it's the same thing. The, the scales on the eyes, the, the fixation on the external the missing the point of the internal and the and the spiritual reality of religion um, that's that's a problem for it was a problem for saint paul uh, and it's a problem for us today in our own lives we have to make sure that we're really uh, going down deep into the spirit of of what we're about and making sure that our hearts are transformed by god and and uh, illumined and and that we have joy and peace in in the gospel that Christ uh, brought to us. So through the prayers of St. Paul, uh, the great apostle, may that be the case for us today and, and always.